Hi guys, and welcome to another episode of Horror Nights in Podcast with me, your host, Crystal. I also have my wonderful co-host, the one and only Roxy the Kitty, who adds in her comments here and there depending on the topic. So on this podcast, we talk about my life, my favorite horror movie of the week, or whatever else is going on in the world, Um, also mental health pertaining to horror and anything else horror, so thank you so much for being here. I upload a new podcast every other Monday, and I also challenge all of you listening to leave me an iTunes review. It not only makes my days better, it helps other horror fiends find me. You can also find me on my socials on Twitter at HorrorDaddiesRS, Instagram at Horror Nights and Podcast, Tumblr Horror Nights and Podcast. I also have Slasher and TikTok at Horror Nights and, so be sure to follow me on there for all the latest Horror Nights and news. Hello, Roxy. (laughs) So just a disclaimer, I am not a licensed therapist. I simply wish to take the stigma out of mental health. I am always here to listen and also share my own stories. Remember, you are never alone if you struggle with your mental health. And if things get too dark, there is help. The National Suicide Prevention Lifeline can be easily reached at 1-800-273-8255. It is available 24-7 and is free and provides confidential support for anyone distressed. So I don't want this episode to come off as me being naive or uneducated. We know the precautions we must be taking. Stay home and stay inside and enjoy the episode. Welcome to Horror Nights In Podcast. Scary movies. Uh-huh. What's your favorite scary movie? Johnny! You're gonna need a bigger boat. The boogeyman is real. And you found him. It's Jordan! Panic, pandemonium, apocalypse, viruses, infection, quarantine, isolation. What does it all mean? It sounds like a plot of so many zombie films we've all grown to love and treasure. 28 Days Later, 28 Weeks Later, Dawn of the Dead, Resident Evil, The Walking Dead. But unfortunately, the words I just said can be used to describe the present time we are facing as a reality. But as I said, I don't want this episode to add to any more anxiety we're all feeling, so on this episode... I'll be mostly talking about zombies, so hang with me for the next half hour or so, and let's all try to forget about the worlds for a little while. So I have covered uh, the theme of zombies in uh, previous episodes, but I wanted to kind of talk about um, it again. (laughs) Um, So before we get started, I just wanted to thank you all so much for being here again. I always appreciate it. Um, my podcast has always been something, um, that has made me happy doing it. And I really feel like when I'm either on my own podcast or when I'm guesting on, um, a friend's podcast, I can sort of shut out the world for a little while and just talk about the things that make me happy. And of course, if you are a fan of Horror Nights In, you know that the horror films, Uh, that I've talked about over the last uh, couple years have been an outlet. Um, I recently went on a podcast, um, a couple of friends of mine, and 
they asked me, you know, why, uh, what makes you love horror? And I think the answer that I will always give and continue to give is that horror is able to sort of take me out of whatever it is I'm going through, whether it be good or bad. Um, a couple weeks ago, I didn't have the best mental state. Um, I had a lot of stress, um, in my personal life. And if you follow me on my social medias, then you kind of know it was about moving and things like that, things you can't control. Um, and I spent the entirety of a Saturday just watching a bunch of horror films that I had been meaning to watch because I just needed to get out of my own head. And I think that's important right now, especially um, with the reality that's around us. We have to be able to take ourselves out of the situation also while being smart, of course, um, and try to focus on other things. Um, and for me, it's movies, um, more specifically horror movies. And I really feel like when I watch a horror film, um, whether it's a new one or I'm repeating an old one, um, I'm really able to forget about the things that are going on and really focus on whatever it is that I'm watching in front of me. And I can't say that any other genre has done that for me. Um, so that's why I kind of just wanted to talk about that a little bit because I really feel like you as a listener feel the same way. I feel that horror is sort of like a warm, cuddly, happy hug that we can go to anytime that we feel we need to, whether it be a happy moment or, you know, a sad moment or, um, just need to escape from the reality of, um, you know, the situation that we're in right now. Uh, and it's interesting because we are living, um, in a time that is going to be in history books. And it's sad because I really feel like the last 20 years that's happened with, you know, 9-11, with politics, and now with this um, virus. Um, so it's scary that um, this is how the world is now, and I don't feel as if it is getting any better. Um, and as I said, I don't want to add to any of your anxiety, my anxiety, anything, panic. Um, but I just wanted to make it, make a connection between, uh, how important it is that you self care. And for me, self care is, um, you know, working out of course and going to the gym, which obviously can't do right now. But, um, but another self care that I do is just sitting still and watching a horror film, preferably a classic. Um, so I just I just wanted to talk about that um, before we get into a couple articles I found about zombies, which I find um, were interesting because the one particular article I want to talk about was written in 2017, I believe. And some of the things that the writer were talking about um, are relevant to kind of how the world is reacting to the things that are going on. Um, so obviously I will have the article linked in um, the show notes if you guys are interested in that. So let me find this article. I apologize. The article was written in 2018, not 2017. It is from livescience.com, written by Kimberly Hickok. 
So um, the name of the article is Nine Reasons We Have an Undying Interest in the Undead. And obviously, um, she went through the nine reasons, and I'm just going to pick a couple of them and talk about them. Um, the first one that she said is, we like considering an apocalypse. Um, people have been making predictions about the end of times for a very, very long time. They've never been correct, but that doesn't seem to deter modern day apocalypse forecasters. Um, so, which is interesting because I think that we like to play with the idea of fear and as human beings, we all want to know the answers to everything. Uh, and I've talked about this in uh, my previous episode where I talked about cults, um, how we always want to know, like, why are we here? What am I doing here? Is there a meaning to my life? Um, so these predictions that people make about an apocalypse um, always have to deal with some kind of, you know, um, whether it be an invasion or an infection that wipes out um, populations. Um, I don't know if I like considering an apocalypse, but I really feel like it 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 goes back to what people are most afraid of. Um, it goes back to fear, anxiety of the unknown. So if we think of all these different ways to prepare for something, um, then we'll feel better when it actually happens. Um, so I thought that was interesting considering we see, at least in the United States, where you go to the grocery store and there's nothing there. Um, Another um, point that she made that was interesting is zombies represent a longing to reconnect with humanity. So humans are naturally good at empathy, but we are bombarded with information from news outlets and technology, which tend to destroy us in empathy, especially when it comes to empathy for people outside of your personal circle, which again is interesting um, that this was being said um, because at the current moment, um, I don't believe that anybody who is not following the precautions have empathy for anybody else. Um, I know that a lot of people are urging everyone to stay home and it's not because, uh, you know, if I were to get the virus that I, I would survive, but, uh, the, you know, the guilt of giving it to somebody else is where the empathy comes in. Um, but empathy is restored when people discover things they share, and sometimes that's pain and suffering, which is obviously um, in a zombie apocalypse movie. Um, so people are generally more likely to survive if they seek power in numbers. Um, it's easy to fight off a herd of a walking dead if you have, you know, a couple dozen people by your side. Um, so another uh, point she made is we're intrigued by the art of survival which is also true too so even if you don't spend your life preparing for the apocalypse it may have crossed your mind how you might handle things especially when watching others go through it in a fictional world once again goes back to what i was saying about how human beings have the fear and anxiety of the what if something like this were to happen um now as we can see with the world right now panic causes panic um and it's just, you know, the, the, I don't want to get into the, the politics of anything because this is obviously about zombies, but I also think that this whole end of the world apocalypse thing is very relevant. Um, you know, watching people fight for their lives against zombies allows the audience to work through some kind of difficult, threatening, ethical dilemmas or to think about their own capacity for survival. Um so it's kind of makes you think like, what would I do 
if this were to happen to me kind of thing. <clears throat> so the last point that the article makes is zombie stories make us feel hopeful. There are typically at least a few survivors during zombie apocalypse, and that gives the audience hope that things might work out even the toughest, toughest of times. Um, so hope is a positive emotion that humans instinctively want to feel. Um, life through rose-colored glasses keeps us healthy, energized, and focused on reaching our goals. We are built to hope, which is also another interesting point to be made in this article from two years ago before the virus hit this world. Um, I think that even though right now things look very dire and very scary, um, there is still hope, at least I hope if you are listening <laughs> that you have hope because I certainly do. Uh, that we will come out of this um, and hopefully be better because of this. But unfortunately, I don't really know um, if people are going to learn from this. Uh, I really feel like a lot of people are starting to truly understand what is going on. And I think that it's important that uh, people who have bigger platforms, like huge platforms, are, are basically urging people to just stay inside, stay away from um, each other. Um, so that's kind of what all these things that we keep hearing from the CDC and the, and the government and things like that. It's just it's it just reminds me of something that is from a movie, which is kind of strange because it's a reality and I know that there are a ton of films out there right now that have to do with like outbreaks and quarantines and things like that and people are watching them because like I said if you go on Netflix right now you can see that some of the trending videos or trending films are actually ones that have to I think the one is actually called Outbreak now I personally haven't watched it um but um, I do find it interesting and like I keep saying people's number one thing is fear and anxiety of the unknown like we're all afraid of death which is why there is um, you know because we don't have answers we don't know what truly happens to us when we die of course if you're religious um, then you have a different set of beliefs than somebody who's not religious um, but at the same time it kind of just all goes back to <laughs> everything that we see in these zombie films and um I just found it interesting how people correlate this as the kind of end of the world apocalypse things and when I hear those words I immediately think of zombies and I really feel like a lot of the people in uh, the horror community feel the same way too because as the virus was starting to hit a little bit harder um there was a lot of tweets and comments, even I tweeted, um, gonna start, you know, my, my zombie, um, my zombie viewing soon, um, zombie movie marathon kind of thing. Um, and it's, you know, I watched 28 days later the other night and the beginning of it is is so creepy because he's walking around London. Obviously, it's completely and totally deserted, and he has absolutely no idea what's going on. Same with The Walking Dead. Same thing with Rick. He was just walking around, not knowing what was going on, and um, it's just 
really eerie to watch those things because that's sort of how it is at the moment. Um, as you guys have known, I've lived in a very populated, densely populated city um, outside of Philadelphia for a few years now, and it is always constantly loud. I hear cars, I hear air traffic, I hear people, I hear just you know, noises and it's a city life. It's, 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 if you live in the city, you know what I mean. Um, and if you've ever visited a city or maybe stayed in a city, um, you know, that there's always that constant just buzz of noise. And, um, I'm currently recording this episode on St. Patrick's day. (laughs) Happy St. Patrick's day for those of you celebrating. Um, but Uh, so today is Tuesday, uh, Sunday night I was laying in bed and the way that my room is positioned, um, is my bed is actually, uh, right by my window, um, because Roxy likes to sit on the top of my bed frame and look outside the window, um, which I have obliged to because she freaks out if she can't look out the window. And as I've said in past episodes, I, I live in an old building, so I don't have too many windows. Um, so she likes to sit up there, which obviously means that my head on my pillow is right by my window and, um, it can get super loud to the point where I can pretty much pick up conversations outside and hear everything they're saying. Um, but anyway, on Sunday night, I was laying in bed, I was talking to my sister and all of a sudden it was quiet and it was weird and it was eerie because I never experienced quiet in my apartment. Well, I mean, I do, but at least in my bedroom when I'm laying down and it was weird and it was strange and it made me a little uncomfortable because even though I hate outside noise, um, and hate listening to people's conversations outside of my window, um, it made me very uncomfortable because it's the safety uh, factor because it was so quiet and I realized that nobody was out, nobody was driving, nothing was flying in the air um, and it made the, the whole thing very real. And uh, I feel like within the past, uh, I want to say maybe like six days, Um, things have been, uh, getting real and I think, um, being back in my apartment and, or, you know, laying down in bed and not hearing anything outside was incredibly trippy and incredibly weird and very scary and gave me a little bit of anxiety, but at the same time I was like, finally, everybody's just at home. Nobody's outside. Everybody be quiet. Um, because I'm very sensitive to noises. Um, but I will be moving in a couple weeks. So, um, but yes, I'm still in my current apartment. If you guys follow me on my socials, as I said, you know, what's going on with my social life. Um, but anyway, that whole, quiet, eerie, just very uncomfortable silence reminds me of the beginning of 28 days later when he wakes up in the hospital and he's walking around and there's nobody anywhere. Um, and at the moment I feel like that's sort of how it is. Unfortunately, I feel like the the population is divided like 50, 50. Um, I feel like, 
Um, I'm hoping that it's maybe not 50-50 anymore, maybe like 70-30, or 70% of everybody is taking it seriously and then 30% um, are not. Uh, But either way, um, I really feel like it's it's like I want to keep watching the zombie movies, but at the same time, I'm like, this is too real. I can't keep watching this. Um, so another interesting article that I found that I wanted to share with you guys is actually from 2015. Um, and some of the quotes in here um, from like doctors and, and scientists and psychologists are pretty interesting because this is obviously five years ago. So um, this article is from Mashable.com. Why are we so obsessed with zombies? It was written by Lindsay Rothfield Rothfeld, on March 12th, 2015, which was <laughs> exactly five years ago the other day. Um, so the first thing that she writes is the zombie can represent anything. And she has a quote um, from Dr. Kyle uh, Bishop Um, because a zombie is so simple, it can be whatever people want it to be more than any monster. Um, so then she goes on to say, um, that many, um, critics say that zombies resurged post 9-11 as the world changed and thus our collective anxieties shifted. Americans no longer feel safe. And at the same time, now, of course, this was back in 2015 when we had a hurricane Katrina, anthrax scares um there was a long period when people felt insecure and so it happened the nature of these insecurities manifested in zombie narratives invasion destruction apocalypse and infection um which is interesting because the article goes on to say but even today these fears still exist um Dr. Kyle Bishop continues, people are still afraid of dying, getting sick, of social infrastructures falling apart, the collective nightmare, and it poses a question of what would you do and would you survive? It play out, it plays out as this great survival narrative. Um, so I thought that was interesting because even though this article was written five years ago, these things are still continuing to happen, which goes back to what I was saying. I feel like the last 20 years of our lives have just been absolute chaos. Um, I feel for the younger generation who sort of don't know what it's like to live in a calm, sort of boring world. Um, not that I think that the ever that the world was ever boring because we've always had wars, famine, disease, etc. But now I feel as if these um, the Gen X, um, the Gen Zero, I don't know exactly what they call themselves anymore. They don't know what it's like to live in a world where you can't go outside. <laughs> Um, and you can't, and you have to be scared of going to school because of uh, shootings or even not even schools, anywhere you go, malls, restaurants, church, um, movie theaters. Um, and I really feel for the kids and especially, you know, as you guys know, I have a younger sister, I have a younger brother, um, and they've had to adjust to the life that they that it is now and the idea that um these things are going to continue to happen um you know and it just it it's really sad because I feel like life when I was growing up um 
was was not like this. Um, I can't remember having to be scared of going to school or the movies or hanging out with my friends or not being allowed to hang out with my friends um, because there's a virus. And um, it's scary to continue to sort of see these points that are being made over the past five to ten years as I read more of these articles. Um, so it's just, it, it's, it's very, very interesting. Uh, the article also goes on to make a point how we're drawn to the zombie apocalypse, which I think correlates with the other, um, article that I was talking about, um, how, uh, it leads to our fascination with the zombie apocalypse. What if something so terrible happened that there was a total government collapse? Would we be able to survive? Um, people have always been concerned with the end of the world. There are these, um, imaginings of how the worlds might end. The ancient apocalypse texts are hopeful because we perceive these horrible things, but the end of the world is about recreating. So when we get to contemporary, contemporary apocalyptic stuff like zombies, it's interesting to see whether the question of hope does or does not play out. How long can you stay hopeful? Is there any hope? (laughs) So incredibly cryptic. Um, so anytime somebody thinks about the apocalypse, whether 200 or a thousand years ago, it always intersects with interesting questions. Um, it provides a good way to ask serious questions about the world and our society and how, (laughs) and how we can react to what's going on in the world. Now, do I think the world is doing a good job reacting? Not really. Um, I think that there have been cover-ups, conspiracy theories, all of these things, and I... I'm hopeful that when this is all over, and I don't want to sound like, oh, I can't wait for this to be over, but it'll be interesting to see what the world says once this is over and how the world acts and how, you know, if we've learned our lesson kind of thing. Um, Do I think that we've learned our lesson when it comes to these things? No, I feel like if this were to happen again, when it happens again, whether it be a year from now or whether it be... 20 years from now, I think people will unfortunately react the same way because as I've said before, panic ensues panic. Um, And there's just so many interesting quotes um, from different writers and people over the world saying how this virus is, or how the way that people are reacting is scarier than this virus. Um, And I found that very true. Um, very interesting um, because I feel as if we won't learn our lesson. Um, I really feel like people, if this were to happen again, it's going to be the same thing. And it's just scary because the people who are doing this are teaching their children to, to panic this way. And I, and it's just, it's a great day to be alive, but at the same time, it's a hard day to be alive, whether it be this day or tomorrow or yesterday or last week. Um, I just feel, you know, and I, I've never wanted children. I haven't, I said when I was 17 years old that I'm never going to have kids. And as the world just keeps getting worse and worse and worse, I cannot imagine wanting or, you know, bringing a child into this world. And I am not judging or shitting on anybody that has these beliefs or wants to have children whatsoever. Um, but for me, for my personal life, I just feel like I would 
my anxiety is is enough with my sister and my you know my brothers and I just I cannot imagine trying to have kids right now because and like I said I'm not judging anybody that has children wants children is pregnant anything like like uh, you're the way that you live your life is the way that you want to live your life and I'm not judging whatsoever but it's just another reason why I I feel like it's such a scary time to be alive it's good to be alive but at the same time it's extremely scary and luckily for me I just have to worry about myself and my cat and I don't have to you know and I don't want to even say luckily by choice I choose to just um take care of myself and nobody else um so and I don't want that to come off as I'm you know shitting on people who want children or have children it's you you are, I don't want to say a better person than me, but you are a stronger person than me because I just don't think that I would be able to handle it. Um, because it's just, it's, it's so, it's just such a scary world now. And, you know, never, of course, not knowing, once again, going back to the, to the human nature of having fear and anxiety of the unknown, you don't know what's going to happen. You don't know if, if when you bring this kid into this world that there's even going to be anything left in the world in 20 years. Who knows what's going to happen? And like I said, I don't want to ensue panic on anybody or make anybody feel anxious. I just think it's interesting to talk about. I, at the end of all of this, absolutely 100% of hope that we will all get through this. But it's still something that unfortunately we have to think about and I feel like everybody just wants a break I feel like the world just wants everything to kind of just stop for a little bit and you know but I don't think that's gonna happen unfortunately um but back to zombies (laughs) um so the article goes on to talk about how like the zombie is still uh evolving um and how these films are taking on you know, different ways to represent a zombie. Um, you can show the zombie um, who still might have feelings. Um, or you could have zombies that are just regular zombies. Um, so we like to see our monsters to be scary, to be manifestation of the things we're afraid of. But when monsters start getting popular and we want to start rooting for them, we see an evolution of the monster as an antagonist or protagonist. Um So I thought that was an interesting way to end that article. Um, So and the the last line of it is, um, in 2015, uh, the zombie is more of a metaphor than it is a monster. Um, And I think that is something that's super powerful um, because the zombie is more of a metaphor than it is a monster. You can use a zombie for any kind of, um, you know, infection and um, you know, invasion or whatever you want to call it. It's basically an entity of something that comes into our atmosphere and just fuck shit up, which is what we are all dealing with right now. So I found another article on IGN.com. Um, and it's, is from January, 2012, written by Adam Rosenberg. And it's called, why do we love zombies? And he's talking about the video game Dead Island, which I have played in the past and I do love it. Um, So 
One thing he says in the article is the common belief is that zombies tap into our deeply ingrained fears of a total societal breakdown, a possibility we face every day with issues like climate change, the rise of terrorism, and dangers of biological warfare. Um, So I thought that was interesting because, of course, we are dealing with that now, even though this article came out in 2012. Um, So, of course, it is zombie fiction is still very popular today. Um, And it is in the video games that we see. Um, Others will tell you that zombies are a metaphor for the consumer culture that we live in, pursuing human flesh with the same relentless drive that spurs our desires to acquire material possessions. Also an interesting thing to say in an article from 2012 representing 2020. Um, So we consume zombie games with abandon even when they tread on familiar ground. And then he, the article kind of goes into... um, different zombie games but I thought that quote in the beginning was interesting considering um the world (laughs) considering where the world is now um so I will link I didn't really take too much from that just from the beginning but obviously I will link the article so if you want to read the rest of it you can I just thought it was interesting because of the quote and I love Dead Island I thought the game was really hard but it's so much fun to play um and I'm not great at video games, so but I like to watch um, gameplay, as a lot of you guys already know that. Who have listened to my previous episodes and follow me on my socials, you know that I love watching me some horror, horror video gameplay. So the last article I want to end with is from psychologytoday.com, which I love psychologytoday.com. Um, this article was from 2014. Um, it was written by Michael Friedman, um, PhD. His, the title of this article is what does our zombie attraction say about us? And he kind of talks a lot about like the walking dead, um, and the correlation between zombies and, um, chronic things. (laughs) Um, but I like the one, um, part of the article, um, where he's talking about two important skills emerge as critical. First, we can understand and even accept the presence of unpleasant feelings rather than hiding them. Mindfulness and acceptance-based techniques can be effective in treating a range of clinical conditions, including, and then he goes on to list, and one of them is an anxiety disorder. Um, And then he goes on to different uh, behavioral activation therapy. Um... So the reason I wanted to sort of talk about this is we need to be mindful of the way that we are feeling. So if you are anxious about the situation, it's okay. Um, If you have feelings of, you know, depression or hopelessness, once again, those are okay. But you need to be mindful of that and you need to talk about it, accept that they're there. Um, You guys already know, of course, I am an advocate for therapy. I think everybody should go to therapy. I wish that I had enough money in this world to make everyone go to therapy um, because I think that it's something that's extremely vital and useful, especially right now, considering the feelings that people are feeling, Um, a lot of the negative things that people are feeling. Um, so if you are listening to this podcast and you feel triggered by anything and you feel like you may not be able to control what it is that you're feeling, please seek, um, outside help. 
Um, there is absolutely nothing wrong with going to therapy, especially at a time like this. It is more important than ever to be mindful of your emotions and the things that you're feeling and the way that you're interacting with others. As I said, I wish people, I wish I had enough money in this world to help everybody go to therapy. Um, I wish that therapy was free so that everybody could go, but unfortunately that's not the way that the healthcare system works, um, which is something I'm not going to get into in this podcast because I don't know enough about the subject to actually talk about it. Um, But I do know a lot about mental health, mental health awareness, going to therapy, things like that. Getting an outside perspective, a third party um, view of or or of something going on in your life. Um, And therapy can give you ways to cope with these things, especially right now, Um, especially with feelings of isolation and anxiety and depression, etc., Um, Which is going to bring me into my last point uh, before I sign off is if you are being quarantined and you're listening to this podcast, we are all in this together, but also remember to take care of yourself. Even if you can just go outside, take a walk around the block, get some fresh air, you know, just do what you can to help your mental state because people can spiral very easily. Um... And I hope that you enjoyed this episode. I hope when I come back to my microphone, things have cooled down a little bit and things, things you know, are looking better. I am extremely hopeful, but I do believe that this is going to be a long process. But remember, guys, we're in this together. We will get through this. Um, stay inside, stay safe, wash your hands, but make sure drink a lot of water and get a lot of fresh air, not a lot of fresh air, but get some fresh air so that you are not stuck inside breathing in stale air for days and days. Um, because we will get through this and, um, stay safe guys. Thank you so much for being here. Um, I think that's going to be it for this episode of Four Nights in Podcast. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening. I really do appreciate that. Um, and uh, happy St. Patrick's Day. And we're going to get through this. So I will talk to you guys in my next episode. Wash your hands. And we got this. Don't worry. <laughs> All right, guys. Talk to you later. Bye. Welcome to Horror Nights in Podcast. Uh-huh. What's your favorite scary movie? Here's Johnny! You're gonna need a bigger boat. The boogeyman is real. And you found him. <laughs>